There is One by Gutman Locks. 137. Consider. He was a young American visiting the hotel for the first time. By the way he dressed and acted, I was sure that he would consent to put on, on to fill in. I was usually very successful with this type of youth, but no matter what I would say, he would not agree. I tried my assortment of tested approaches one after the other, but to no avail. No matter what I said, he refused. First I tried reason, no luck. Emotion, he didn't budge. Humor, no, he was not going to give in no matter what. I was truly surprised. With years of experience in sizing up visitors, I could almost always tell an agreeable Jew, but it was as if he had made himself a promise and he was not going to break it. As I wrestled with him, trying all of the best arguments, an old man kept interrupting me, insisting on telling a story. A story? At a time like this, I thought, for sure the kid was going to slip away while this old man would go on with some tale. But he insisted. I gently held on to the tip of the boy's sleeve, trying to keep him from slipping away as the old man began. But as soon as he started, I could see that there was no need. He wasn't going anywhere. The story began. Tomorrow is my anniversary. It will be 44 years tomorrow that I was liberated from the death camp. He spoke softly, almost casually. It took a moment or two to realize the depth from which he spoke. His English was perfect, which also seemed to diminish his authenticity, as if a thick Yiddish or European accent was necessary for the story to be real. He went on. There were 8,000 of us that went in there together, and I was one of only 35 to survive. Only 35 of us. He paused, looking back into that darkness. Then he went on. I weighed 88 pounds when I got out. The day of the liberation, I found myself in the camp museum. The room was filled with exquisite treasures stolen from Jews and displayed as propaganda trying to justify their hatred of the Jewish people. I found before me unbelievable wealth, abandoned by the fleeing murderers as the Allied armies advanced. I knew that the room would be bare, looted by the morning, and I could take anything that I wanted. Right before me there was a ring, a watch, and a pair of tefillin. You must understand that these were not ordinary jewelry, but that they were taken from a very, very rich man. The ring alone was so costly, they said it was worth 34,000 days of labor. At first I picked up the ring, then the watch, but I was afraid that if I took either of them, people would think that I was a very rich man and they would hunt me down for my wealth, so instead I took the tefillin. I want you to know that when I put them on, it felt like I grew two feet taller. I felt strong again, and I have been putting them on every day since. And the good Lord has kept me healthy every day since. He looked at the boy, who by now was a soft puddle. He hugged the boy and kissed him. Then he went on. Now I want you to put on tefillin. The boy merged into the old man's hands as he helped him to put on tefillin. And after you put on tefillin, I want you to come home with me for Shabbos dinner. 
The boy's eyes were wide open and soaking wet. He was sure that he was dreaming as the fortunate survivor led him away towards a joyful dinner and a changed life. There is one dot com.